No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Samson takes revenge on the Philistines and they respond in like manner, but the Lord continues to help Samson overcome them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. Samson had fallen in love with a Philistine woman. On the way to the wedding, he found the carcass of a lion he had previously killed. There was a beehive in it, and he scooped up some honey. When he arrived at the home of his bride, he told his Philistine wedding companions a riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. If they could solve it, then Samson would have to provide them with 30 changes of clothing. But if they couldn't solve it, then they would owe Samson the same. When they couldn't guess it, they threatened Samson's wife that if she didn't discover the secret, they would burn her and her father's house with fire. So she badgered Samson until he told her the secret, which she in turn told the Philistines. Samson was so angry that he went to Ashkelon and killed 30 Philistines for their clothing to pay his debt. He went back home rather than returning to his wife. Meanwhile, the girl's father gave her away to Samson's best man. We pick it up in Judges chapter 15. After a while in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. I'm not sure why Samson brought a young goat to his bride. Perhaps it was a peace offering to show that his anger had subsided and all was forgiven. But imagine how shocked Samson must have been to discover that after paying the bride price, his wife now belonged to his best man. This bad deal with the Philistines was turning from bad to worse. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes, and he took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and olive groves. Now we see Samson justifying his revenge here. God had chosen him from before he was born and consecrated him to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. And he would wreak havoc against them. But rather than being a deliverer seeking to rid Israel of the Philistine oppression, Samson was selfishly motivated with anger, jealousy, and pride to take personal revenge. The Hebrew word that is translated foxes can also be translated jackals, and many commentators prefer that since jackals travel in packs and would be easier to catch, but it would still be very difficult to catch 300 jackals. 
Samson was stubbornly persistent in taking revenge against the Philistines. Now, was this a fair reprisal? Hardly. Samson's father-in-law was responsible for the offense, and if anyone should have been punished, it should have been him. Instead, Samson took it out on all the Philistines, torching the sheaves of harvested grain, the standing grain in the field, the vineyards, and the olive trees. Samson effectively destroyed their three major crops. And that's the problem with revenge. Rarely is it equitable. Rather, it leads to escalating retaliations. Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. It is interesting that Samson's wife betrayed his confidence to save herself and her father's house from burning. But in the end, that is exactly what they suffered. Samson said to them, Since you would do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you. And after that, I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Edom. Samson must have known that this revenge was wrong. That is why he said that he would cease after one last time. But how many people say they will quit after one last time? How many people think that they will stop using after one last fix, only to overdose to their death? The best time to stop is never to start. But didn't God use Samson's outbursts of wrath, his childish pranks and personal revenge to begin delivering Israel from the Philistines? Yes, but that doesn't mean it was the best way. Samson had a gift. He was consecrated to the Lord. He could have used that gift to lead the children of Israel into a much more effective deliverance as did previous judges. Instead, he used his gift selfishly. Now, Samson's not alone in this. We who have been chosen by God for salvation have been given at least one gift. We can use it to glorify God and help others, or we can use it to enrich ourselves. Attacking them hip and thigh is a term taken from wrestling, indicating a ferocious offensive. After this great slaughter, Samson dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Edom, which means lair of wild beasts. You know, somehow that seems appropriate. Verse 9. Now the Philistines went up, encamped in Judah, and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, We have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Samson was certainly making a name for himself, but the people of Judah were afraid of the Philistines and didn't want anybody making waves, not even Samson. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, we have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tie you securely 
and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. It is interesting that Judah, the kingly tribe, would muster 3,000 troops just to capture Samson, God's appointed deliverer. But they wouldn't do anything to fight against the Philistines. There was no deliberation with Samson as to how they could collaborate with him to end the Philistine problem. They were only concerned that Samson was rocking their boat. At one time, God had given them the promised land. The tribe of Judah had brought forth Caleb, a mighty man of valor, who fought and defeated giants. Now they were subservient to the Philistines, but they didn't even seem to care. All they wanted to do was to deliver Samson into the hands of the Philistines to keep the peace. Indeed, the nation of Israel had truly sunk to new lows. Warren Wiersbe writes, When God's people get comfortable with the status quo and their leaders fail to arouse them to action, they are in pretty bad shape. We may point the finger at Judah, but do we consider ourselves? Have we become content with the status quo so that we don't challenge the strongholds of darkness, deception, and oppression in our own culture? Have we become more desirous of our own comfort rather than God's kingdom? Really, how popular are those few consecrated ones who would dare to rouse the church to acts of self-sacrifice, fervent prayer, and courageous evangelism? Samson did act wisely in this meeting with Judah. For if they would deliver Samson to the Philistines without killing him themselves, then Samson would show them just what God could do. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it, and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And so it was, when he had finished speaking, that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramath-Lehi. This is the last time we read that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. An old one would have been too brittle. And he used it to kill 1,000 Philistines single-handedly. We wonder what the men of Judah were doing while all this was happening. Did anyone think to pick up one of the Philistines' swords and join Samson in the fight? Samson was clever with his words. He wrote a saying to commemorate his victory. With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. Now in Hebrew, there's a play on words, because the word for donkey is very close to the word for heaps. He named the place Ramath-Lehi, which means jawbone heights. We learn from this that any instrument offered to God can become a mighty weapon. If the Spirit of the Lord can use the jawbone of a donkey to slay the enemy, then he can use you and me. Verse 18. Then he became very thirsty. 
So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out, and he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called his name in Hakareth, which is in Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel twenty years in the days of the Philistines. Often after experiencing great victories, we experience great trials. These are to teach us humility and dependency upon God. Samson thirsted, but he knew that only God could quench his thirst. Therefore he cried out to the Lord who answered him by miraculously providing water. Samson called the place in Hakarah, which means spring of the caller. In John 7:37, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. There is a fountain available to everyone who is thirsty, but we must come to Jesus believing in him to quench our innermost thirst. Only by drinking his living water will our spirit be revived, and we in turn will become a channel for blessing others. For the next 20 years, Samson judged Israel, and no one could conquer him while he was consecrated to God. This was the secret of Samson's strength. May we also learn the valuable lesson of consecration. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will look at the famous story of Samson and Delilah and discover the sin that caused the Lord to leave him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.